Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna. I'm so glad you could join me today as we go on our adventure with Jesus. We were designed to go on an adventure with Jesus and to enjoy his company and out of that uh, relationship to flow all that God would have for us to make a difference in the world. And today I want to get really personal with you and share something uh, that I think is really going to help you on your own journey. Uh, No matter where you are at this point, uh, this will uh, be a resource source to you. To set the stage about three years ago, somewhere in that range, uh, I had a moment where uh, I was going to an event and I almost had a panic attack. I was having a hard time breathing, things like that. And I realized that there were some areas in my life uh, that anxiety was ruling over and that I needed to deal with. And so uh, along with uh, sitting down with a, a competent Christian counselor for a season. I also dove into uh, what the Bible has to say about anxiety, and I think I learned some things that really has been helpful to me, and I just want to pass it along to you uh, that has really changed the way I've looked at life, the way I've structured my life, uh, that has helped me to a whole new place with my walk with Jesus. So I think this is going to be helpful for you, and so let's dive in. We live in a world that is full of anxiety. It's kind of uh, designed to breed anxiety, as a matter of fact, and I won't get into too much of that, maybe a little bit later, but uh, the main thing is uh, getting away from that. But uh, anxiety, worry, stress are all words that are as common as the common cold. And uh, a guy in prison named the Apostle Paul, uh, I mean, he's writing from prison, pens some words that gives us a pathway forward. He gives us a plan, a practical plan. I like to call this the ultimate guide uh, to dealing with anxiety. And part of the reason I'm sharing this is I wrote this in a uh, blog post, which I'll, I'll put in the links or what, uh, in the show notes. But uh, See, people keep coming back to it and back to it. It's one of our most popular posts. And so I just want to talk you through uh, what I'm sharing there and I can give you uh, some extra stuff there to be helpful to you. Because, uh, again, our world is designed at this point to breed anxiety. We're kind of structured the way it is. is but. Obviously, it was still a problem back in the Apostle Paul's day, uh, and so he he had something to say about it. And now, first, a disclaimer, I am not a psychologist, nor do I play one on the internet, (laughs) Uh, and so I'm not taking away the role uh, and benefit of the competent Christian counselor. I went and saw one for a season, so there's nothing uh, that I'm saying against that, but the Bible also teaches, at the same time, I was diving into what the Bible said about it, and it just... The Apostle Paul gives us a roadmap to peace uh, that helps us overcome anxiety. Now, I was a lead pastor for nine years before starting this ministry almost 15 years ago. And when I first started out, I was about in uh, 2021 in those first churches there. And I did a study on the book of Philippians, kind of work, walk through verse by verse. Uh, it was Sunday school I was going through there. And so Philippians has been one of my favorite uh, passages, one of my pa- favorite chapters and books. And I mean, the whole thing right in there. Uh, I just love all of it. And I don't 
for years, but I missed something that was there all along. Because some of the most famous passages of the Apostle Paul are in Philippians, and there's two passages that I've heard, I've taught on, I've, uh, you know, written on, and yet in this season of going through that season of dealing with my own anxiety and working through it, I found some things that I'd never seen before, and I just think they're really going to be helpful to you in your own journey, uh, whether you are dealing with anxiety now, you've dealt with it in the past, or uh, it's just where you're... Uh, you know, we live in that world. So uh, let's uh, look at what the Apostle Paul says, and then I'll just unpack that for you. And I think, I mean, I'm just going to give you five things. There's a lot more there, but I'm going to give you five things that you can practically do today uh, to help you, you know, dealing with stress, dealing with anxiety. And so if, now if you don't have any stress, anxiety, just send it to a friend. I'm sure they have some. So uh, let's uh, look at what the Apostle Paul has to say. And we're going to uh, look at Philippians 4. 4 through 9. Now, I'm going to be reading this from the ESV, uh, so some of this may sound a little bit different uh, than what you may be used to, uh, but you'll get it. You'll, as we read this, you're going to be like, hey, I'd have heard that before, probably. If not, uh, you can dive into it. And uh, again, Philippians 4, 4 through 9 is uh, a passage that you can just meditate on, and there's so much there that I'm not going to take all day with you on this. So uh, we're going to uh, give you some highlights here that you can practically take. Uh, but if you're really struggling with anxiety, let me encourage you to um, maybe memorize Philippians 4, 4 through 9, and just think about it every day as you go through it, and you'll see the promise there. Uh, so let's read it. Uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, uh, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything is excellent, or if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. Whatever you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> i got to say one thing. I said whatever is noble, uh, whatever is honorable in this passage, uh, that's the joy of reading in multiple translations and memorizing them all. <laughs> so uh, that's that. Uh, now, the thing that struck me that I hadn't seen before uh, that, again, I taught on this and I just didn't see the connection until this recent season where I was looking through it again and it really began to speak to me about the idea of anxiety because in the first paragraph it says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, and then at the end, uh, it says, and the p practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So Paul is tying together these two separate paragraphs showing that both of them have to do with experiencing the peace of God. And I love how he says, a peace of God which surpasses understanding. I like to say it is the peace of God that doesn't make sense. People are going to look at your life, and maybe you're going through something right now. You're in the midst of a divorce, you're uh, having a financial crisis, a health crisis, whatever it is you're going through right now, and people will look at your life and say, wow, 
they're experiencing peace right now. That doesn't even make sense. And it's because you're living the five principles that I'm going to show you here that uh, you can do starting today. They're just right. They're just right there to help you on your journey uh, as you. Uh, and so uh, the first one is going to. Uh, be one that we really, uh, knowing me, uh, if you've been along for this journey, you know this is not going to be a hard one uh, for me to talk about, and that is bring your concern to God in prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your requests to God. Uh, That's verse 6 there. Now, Our beginning step is to pray about everything we are worried or anxious about. Rick Warren says, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Or as Martin Luther said, pray and let God worry. Depending on your level of anxiety, you may need to bring it to prayer multiple times in the same hour. You know, I mean, just keep bringing it back. Every time uh, it comes to your mind, you bring it to prayer. You bring it to prayer again, and then you bring it to prayer again. Uh, Mark Batterson put it this way, think of worry as a prayer alarm. Every time it goes off, you put it to prayer. Your prayer life becomes your first step on the pathway to peace. The next thing that he teaches us is to cultivate the habit of thankfulness. Uh, If you're familiar with the scripture, when I read it uh, just a second ago uh, for the first point, I skipped over two words. It says, uh, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. And then he says, with thanksgiving. Now, this is powerful because thanksgiving is a powerful way to gain perspective back again. One of the things that happens in our life when we become anxious, we get fixated on something that's bad that's happening, and we lose perspective. In my book, Enjoying Prayer, uh, I go through and talk about how for a season God had me write down five things every day that I was thankful for. And I, you can pick up the book, again, Enjoying Prayer, and I can give you the details. But the basic, I wrote down every night five things that I was thankful for. And it changed the way I thought. Uh, because when you, uh, you, when you deal with uh, thankfulness, you are first, you're looking for different things. Uh, as you go through day, I, I need to write down five things. So what is the th- good things that God has given you? And also just gives you the reality that God gives you good things every day. I, I did that for, well, I've done that f- for years. Uh, it's different seasons, God will take me back to that habit. And I've never had a time. I got to the end of the day, good days, bad days, terrible days. I've never got to the point where I was like, you know what? There's not five things to be thankful for today. There's always five things because God gives good gifts to his children. And and we can change our perspective by giving a habit or creating a habit of thankfulness. And Paul encourages that. And I love there's a couple things at the beginning. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. It's, again, it's talking about our attitude, choosing to rejoice in the Lord, if nothing else, who he is and what he's done, the fact that he died for your sins and he uh, rose from the dead, that uh, he's coming back for us, who he, even if you just are focused on who he is, that gives us something to rejoice about no matter what you're going through. And the second part is the Lord is at hand. Now there's, uh, Lord is at hand has multiple kind of layers to it there. Uh, first of all, just the presence of God in our lives. Aren't you grateful for the presence of God that wherever you're listening to this right now, 
Jesus is right there with you. Uh, the Lord is with you, and so the Lord is at hand. There's that part. The second part to that is the Lord is at hand, meaning he's coming soon. Uh, the return of the Lord is soon, and sometimes we need to step back and say, you know what, whatever I'm going through right now is just a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Jesus could come back in a moment. The trumpet of God could sound, and the dead in Christ will rise for uh, Paul says, therefore, encourage each other with these words. That means uh, sometimes we just need to gain a perspective that God is coming back. He's, he's at hand. He's near. We rejoice in him. And that's what thankfulness does for us. It gets our perspective to change. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for some practical, even going deeper with that, uh, go back to the Max Lucado episode. Uh, he talks about how to have happiness, and that's part of changing our perspective. Uh, Dale Carnegie, in his excellent book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, gives the idea of living in day-tight compartments. Day-tight compartments. That means not allowing the past to sneak in, because that's uh, kind of where depression, if you worry about the mistakes you made in the past, depression can come in. Uh, if you uh, not letting the future get too important, uh, because that's where anxiety breaks in. So you live in day-tight compartments. Uh, Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, 34, Do not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. And he also talks about uh who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? My daughter and I were in the car the other day and we were talking about this and she uh, quoted it differently and I, you know, I'm like, okay, that's not really how it is. But uh, she said, how much of you, how, who by worrying can add a single second to their life? <laughs> no, like, that's not true. Uh, and what Jesus said, and she's like, yeah, but that's the point. She's <laughs> teaching me, you know. <laughs> yeah, what, uh, by worrying, you really don't add a single hour. You, I mean, how many hours do you have in your entire lifetime? But by worrying, you don't add a single hour to your life, or a single second, actually, probably detracting from the length of your life. Uh, so thankfulness helps you to change your perspective on that. So first we bring ourselves, uh, our, bring our concerns to God in prayer uh, with thanksgiving is the second part. Uh, the third thing is change the content of your thought life. Uh, Ed Milet says, worry makes you live uh, through something that hasn't happened yet. Uh, and where we think about things uh, affects, you know, it hasn't happened. Uh, Jesus, or Paul says here, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, uh, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Hey, Paul moves on to show us that if we're going to experience peace, your thought life must follow certain patterns. He, he's saying that the content of your thought life affects the peace that you experience. The therapy world comes at it from you catch your thoughts, you check your thoughts, you and then if you need to, you replace your thoughts. Paul's giving us a filter to think through uh, our thought life. Uh, what are you thinking about? Now, Hey, there's a couple things here, and again, uh, the first two were really about the kind of the immediate attack, uh, where you're going to go after worry and anxiety when you're dealing with a prayer and thanksgiving. Now we're dealing with the structures that keep us in a place of peace throughout our lives. That's where the first paragraph is kind of the immediate, oh, here's how we can go after it, and then you build the structures into your life, and the structures are you deal with your thought life. What do you need to be thinking about? Now, 
I'm going to take this from two angles, and there's way more than we're going to be able to deal with here today because I want to get you on to do some, doing some stuff. But let's just take two sides to it. One is you need to cut certain inputs out of your life or at least decrease them. Uh, in the John Eldridge episode, uh, we're talking about, we talk about this whole, our inputs into our life affect us. And he went so far as to say that uh, certain things are traumatic to us that as they come into And now let me just take one example. Uh, you can think of a hundred examples probably, but the inputs in our life. Uh, and this example is the news. Uh, well, the news, let's be real. Uh, it's designed to create anxiety uh, because basically the only way that they can keep their eye, your eyeballs or you know, your ears is by creating fear in you. Uh, whatever that is that so they basically scour the world for the top 10 terrible things that happen and that becomes news now uh, both you know this is not one whatever channel or station or you know fox news cnn whatever you pick your source that's what they're trying because if they can keep your eyeballs there then they are going to get be uh, advertising that's what they're trying to do they're not concerned about your peace they're not concerned about your calm they're not concerned about uh, and so you got to think about what are you allowing in uh, and again going back to the john eldridge episode he said five minutes that's about what your body can handle now you have to think about for yourself kind of process through that and i'm I'm processing through it myself. How much can I handle? But I realize that the inputs in my life affect my peace and affect because it's what you begin to think about. Uh, and so what do you need to cut back in your life to experience uh, more of the peace that passes understanding in your life? But the other side to that is what do you need to add? Uh, he's basically giving you a buffet of things to think about. Some, uh, you know, just one after the other. These are good things to, and how are you going to get more good things into your life? Now, for example, this podcast, you can subscribe or whatever. Uh, you know, go get a couple of my books. But uh, even more basic than that, uh, God's Word, uh, how much of that are you allowing? into? Is it counterbalancing the negative things in your life? Are you allowing God's Word to penetrate you? Uh, in Ephesians, Paul talks about the washing of water by the Word. Uh, there's something that happens internally uh, in in your life as you begin to allow uh, that to uh, the word of god to just well you meditate on it day and night and there's the promise of thanksgiving or uh, success that will come from psalms chapter one you can go back and read that uh, it just gives you that encouragement that you need uh, so what are the things that you need to add to your life to experience more of the right thoughts, the right thoughts. The longer I live, uh, the more I'm beginning to be convinced of how powerful our thoughts are in our lives. Now, I realize you take anything to extreme and go off the deep end, uh, but I've gone off the extreme on the other extent of saying they don't affect, and what we think about really does affect the outcome of our lives. All right, so reviewing what we've gone, gone so far, your first thing you do is when you experience worry, anxiety, you bring it to God in prayer. And then you build the habit of thanksgiving into your life to experience more 
perspective on the challenges that you're facing. Just kind of zoom back or zoom into God and allow that to be. And then we look at our thought life. What are we allowing in? What are the gates allowing in? Uh, And what do we need to add more of into our lives? Then he ends this little passage with uh, a phrase, what what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now that phrase itself, whatever you've learned, received, heard, seen in me, those four things, obviously you could take the rest of your life uh, going through and meditating on the life of the Apostle Paul and see what it is in his life that would have uh, you know, I mean, just take that and say, okay, how can I practice those things? That's again, uh, what I was talking about for me was realizing that you know, prayer and thanksgiving are kind of attacking the things, but then the structural things in your life are what gives you the peace going forward that keeps that solid base that you need to walk on. And you got to think about those things. So what are you thinking about? And then so let me just give you a couple examples of this, uh, uh, and then you can dive into it more as you, and th- these two, and then we'll wrap it up and g- get you on your day, but these two have been powerful for me. Uh, and let's just imagine that you were there the first time this was read. Now, they think maybe Epaphroditus, because they talk about him, brought the letter from Paul's, and you know, he's probably in Rome, in prison, and he sends this letter to the church at Philippi, and this uh, church there gets it out and they begin to read through and they get to this point whatever you've learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and so maybe there's someone there who's new to the church you know a new convert and they began to think about this and they look around the room and they, they maybe they see that prison guard there and they say i need to talk to him afterwards about this whole thing of what you've learned and seen and heard because if you remember, the story of the church in Philippi is found in the Bible, the founding of that church in Acts chapter 16. And again, you can go read this for yourself or you know, pull up an audio of it and listen to it. Uh, the story of how Paul comes to Philippi and the kind of, there's a whole thing there of the coolness of uh, how God calls him to come there. But he comes there and then this lady named Lydia becomes one of the first converts. They're staying in her house. And then there's another lady who's uh, demon-possessed, and Paul casts the demon out of her. And uh, so this girl is now uh, you know, not able to do fortune-telling. And the, uh, so the people get ticked off at him, and the, uh, him and Silas are beaten and thrown into prison. Uh, there's a couple places in Philippi that they think may have been the location. One is you know, in the town. There might have been a prison cell. But there's also... Uh, it, Philippi, you know, from what I've read, is in a valley, and there's so there's kind of the hills on the side, and that maybe the prison was in a cave there, and so Paul and Silas were thrown deep into the back room of the cave, uh, and they're in the back of there, and or wherever it was, but uh, there they began to praise God in the midst of that uh, place, and. While they're praising God, an earthquake happens. The doors of the prison are open, and the prison guard's going to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 we're still here. And he's like, what can I do to be saved? And him and his family uh, come to the Lord in that place. And the story goes on from there. So imagine now that they go up to the prison guard and say, what we learned and seen and heard. And they've heard this story of the Apostle Paul and what happened to his life when he was there. And what can we learn from that 
about dealing with... Because imagine you're Paul and Silas, and you're in the jail there, and all of a sudden, uh, you've been called there, and this was not your plan. You think maybe uh, you might have been tempted with worry, anxiety, that that might have been a problem? Well, they did some things there that we can learn from for ourselves. Uh, The first thing that uh, we can learn from there is they took to song. Now, this may seem strange, but number four here is change the soundtrack of your life. Paul and Silas began to sing. We see from the playing of David for Saul in 1 Samuel 16 and the request of uh, Elisha for music in 2 Kings chapter 3 that music can have great power to change our mood and atmosphere. Now, the helping professional counselors would agree with that teaching, a powerful help to your anxiety level, uh, maybe to create a new playlist of music from iTunes. That may just be what you need because something happens when you allow that music to roll over you. It can calm the anxiety. And uh, they made a choice in that point to give themselves to singing and God showed up in the midst of that. Uh, Number five that, uh, that we'll take from that is find encouragement from friends. There's something uh, that uh, someone has said about uh, that time when they were in prison that the biggest mistake that the prison guard made was putting Paul and Silas too close to each other. <laughs> I love that because what was going on there? Because you got these two people that are beaten. And when I've been beaten, I've not been beaten, but if I was beaten, I'm sitting there on the floor or whatever, you know, thinking about my wounds and stuff like that. How did they start that whole singing thing? I'm guessing one of them began to encourage the other one, and then the other one began to encourage, and maybe they, out of that moment, they began to sing one of them sings, you know, how great is our God. You don't want me singing, but how great is our God. And hey, and that Paul begins to join in with Silas. And then when he, uh, they're done with that song, he begins to sing, great is thy faithfulness. And uh, Silas joins in with that. And obviously those two songs weren't written yet, but you get the idea. They begin to call back and forth. There's something about friendship in that moment. And the relationships in our lives matter. There's Obviously, uh, bad relationships that we need to be wise about. And if you're wanting more information on that, go back to uh, Dr. Darius Daniel episode and how we talk about relational intelligence and realizing who those people are in your lives and uh, where they're taking you. There's certain people that are just not good for you. And that's uh, that's part of the process that you have to go through if you want to deal with the structural issues of anxiety. But on the other side is who do you need to add to your life? Who do you need to add to your life that's going to be an encouragement to you and a blessing in your life? What are those people that uh, you need to say, you know, when I'm around them, I'm lifted up. Uh, when I'm around them, I'm encouraged. And just build that those relationships. Who are those people that you need to add to your life to make a difference? Because uh, Sometimes we don't have the people in our lives that we need to go to the level that God wants us for to go to. So uh, who are those people you need to add in, the friendships you need? Paul says when you do that, I remember I was going through something uh, recently, and I sent a text to one of my mentors. He sent a text back to me, and just that text back was a piece 
that came over me because the relationships in our lives make a difference. So again, we're just talking five things. This passage has so much more than that, but Paul's really giving you a framework to work from. And so you can just take those five things. Maybe you start with one and say, okay, I need to, you know, I, I need to start with prayer. And so I uh, just began every time you start to worry, bring it to God, bring it to God, bring it to God. Uh, or you need to cultivate a habit of thankfulness. Uh, you know, start that five things. Just do what I did. You don't have to reinvent something. Just say, all right, at the end of every day, I'm going to write down five things I'm thankful for. Every day, five things. Doesn't have to be complicated. Five things. Uh, start there. Uh, three, what are you thinking about? Maybe uh, as you uh, leave this podcast today, you need to just uh, cut something, you know, like, all right, Put a block on uh, Fox and CNN, whatever. I don't know what that is for you. Or uh, you need to download some uh, some things that you can think on that are good for you. Uh, maybe you're new to this podcast. Go back and listen to some old episodes or download some Bible uh, uh, listening to, you know, some chapters to listen to uh, before you go. What do you need to add to your life? Then uh, maybe it's a soundtrack. Maybe it's simply saying, okay, when I need to be calm, I need to add some good music, some quality, uh, calming things to my life. Uh, add some worship music into your into your day. And uh, number five, who do you need to add? Maybe you uh, get off this and you text someone and say, I, I'm grateful for you. I'm, I'm glad you're in my life. Uh, you make a difference for me. Uh, or maybe just uh, pass along this episode to them uh, so that uh, they can be encouraged by that as well. Well, there you have it. I just wanted to bring that to you today as an encouragement. This truth of God's Word has been so helpful for me over the last few years as I've restructured my life and brought it to a new place of peace, to experience peace in the midst of all the storms that life is going to bring us. And so would you, again, share this with a friend who may be going through a hard time right now and may need this encouragement, this practical thoughts. We can sit down. I sit down with all sorts of people and have conversations. That's what this podcast, a lot of it uh, we've had with. But today we got to sit down with the Apostle Paul and he gave us five things that we can practically do to help us in our walk with Jesus. Before uh, we head off today, let me just pray for you. Jesus, I pray for whoever's listening to this right now. My friend, who in the brother and sister in the walk with Jesus, I pray right now that they would experience you, the Prince of Peace, and you would give them the peace that passes all understanding to guard their heart, to guard their mind. Lord, that they would know you at a whole new level, that these practical things would be an encouragement to their soul. Maybe it's cutting things out, but also just adding in your word, adding in your truth, adding in the joy of the Lord, the rejoicing in you. Lord, I pray for just, a, uh, again, a peace that passes understanding that would invade their lives, but not just invade their lives, but the people around them would say, whoa, something's going on with them, and I want to know about it, and they can share you with them. So God, bless, uh, bless them today, I pray in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and uh, until next time, God bless you.